Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guests today are two faculty who are teaching a brand new Beyond Boundaries, fresh out of the box, Beyond Boundaries class uh, next spring, uh, the spring of 2021, called The End Game of Entrepreneurship, um, Leveraging Capitalism for Good. Um, It is the first ever as well Beyond Boundaries course taught by four faculty across three different schools, technically. Um, So we're really excited about that. Um, Brand new course. We want students to know about it. And my guests today are two of those those four faculty teaching that course. We have uh, Dr. Heather Cameron. She's the Michael B. Kaufman Professor of Practice in Social Entrepreneurship and and Innovation. Um, She's from the Brown School of Social Work. Um, her areas of interest uh, focus are urban education and community development and sports for development and social impact investment. Really interesting work. And also we have Joe Steensma. Uh, he is a, a, a faculty member, professor of the practice, also in the Brown School of Social Work. His areas of, of research are social entrepreneurship, sustainability, and environmental health. Um, so I'm very excited to have both of you on the call today. Um, uh, Heather Cameron, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to get things started and where you're joining us from. You're, you're in Berlin right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was here in Berlin for spring break and uh, Trump managed to slam the door before I could get back. So I've been working with some of my um, colleagues here on some social enterprise and innovation projects. I came from Berlin um, to join the, the Brown School in WashU in 2016 after having run some of my own social enterprises. So now I'm really excited about working with students who are interested in creating uh, social change by, you know, using market forces. And uh, but right now I'm in Germany, but looking back to getting getting back to the States next spring, hopefully. Got it. Got it. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you so much for your time. I understand it's uh, it's in the evening there where you are. Um, so thanks for taking the time to be with us uh, in an evening uh, from Berlin. Uh, and Professor Steensma, if you would talk a little bit about, a little bit about um, uh, how you came to Wash U, your role at Wash U. Yeah. So my background, uh, I started a, a company back when I was in graduate school um, many years ago. Um, and, uh, and really the, on the commercial side, on the enterprise side was all about helping large companies, um, improve environmentally. So reduce their environmental footprint, improve their, uh, their workplace safety and health and, and, uh, and try to operate more sustainably. Um, I was fortunate. I was able to, to sell that company and, and a couple of spinoffs. Um, and, uh, and that's when I became a professor. And so, uh, 
my background is in environmental health and in public health. And the Brown School, besides social work and, um, and social policy, also has a public health program. And that's, uh, that's how I got here, of all, of all places. And I didn't take a traditional career path, nor did Heather, um, but we're here. And we kind of um, are, are in the, at the nexus of, at least in my case, at the nexus of environment, uh, economics, and entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'm, that's so interesting. Um, it's it's uh, as as students who take beyond boundaries classes know they're they uh, one of the primary factors is they are taught by two or more faculty across two or more schools. And although you both uh, represent the Brown School of Social Work, um, there are two other professors in Doug Villard, uh, who is from the Olin School of Business, and our good friend Tu Luskri is the director of the Scandalaris Center at WashU. Uh, so they round out uh, the four faculty teaching this class. So it's so good to have you both. Um, Heather, could you, I might have um, um, gone a little too quickly. Can you give us a little bit of a backstory about how you arrived at WashU and um, how, how long you've been at WashU teaching? Sure. Well, I might, um, Joe's talking about starting his business in grad school. I actually started a program in business in high school and always loved entrepreneurship, but also loved philosophy. So I did my PhD in social and political thought and looking at the ways that people, um, I was looking at public intellectuals and like looking at the ways that individual people can have an impact on society and different ways of being an activist. And after teaching at the university for a while, I realized I didn't want to just be reporting on people's projects, but running my own projects, creating pilots, showing people how the impossible things um, can get done. So I was in Germany at that time um, after going to University of Toronto, and then I was in Germany. And like I said, I, I wanted to do something just outside also of just the university seminar, but like how do we bring ideas and the things that we'd like to achieve the sort of better world we want to achieve, especially for me around gender themes and economic uh, equality. Um, you know, how do we bring that into the community and how do we bring the community priorities back to the university? So I got started, I was a professor of education in Germany at the Freie Universität, um, but also running all sorts of what I'd consider lab projects, um, working with neighborhood schools, working with neighborhood sports clubs, and we did a pretty good job of it um, as a bunch of volunteers that we were offered different funding and opportunities to go international. And so then we worked with activists in Kenya and in South Africa to help start similar programs using sports and self-defense to kind of build leadership um, skills and girls. And then all of this experience, again, just made me keep thinking about how do we think differently about how to get things done, not just nonprofit and philanthropy, but how do you earn income to have your own autonomy? How do you bring more people into a coalition? How do we learn and hack the best ideas from like tech entrepreneurship about being agile, about being quick and efficient? So I'm, I'm excited about all these things. So I was busy doing that, minding my own business in um, Germany when the Brown School wrote me and they had found out, I guess, that I was an Ashoka fellow and won some other prizes. And they were like, you know, we want, you know, people like you to come and work with our students. And so I thought it would be a great opportunity to have impact and to learn from some awesome scholars at the Brown School and, and watch you and other students. So I've been there for, like I said, only five years, but I'm learning a ton and hopefully sharing some of my international experiences and, and passion for social change 
And also questions about capitalism. I think we all have big questions about, you know, is this the right way to do things? And so I'm excited to explore this theme with Joe and, and Doug and two in the course. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Joe, anything you'd want to add to, to your uh, sort of background, WashU background? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I guess I can just say that I, I both Heather and I, um, I think Heather gets a little more interaction than undergrads. Uh, than I do. And that's one thing that I'm personally really excited about with this course is that at, at the Brown School, of course, uh, it's a graduate school with graduate programs. And so I don't get to interact very much with the undergraduate students. And, and this is really disappointing to me to some extent. So this, this class is, uh, represents an opportunity for me to interact with people who are at an earlier phase of their um, sort of their their trajectory, and that's that's really exciting to me. And um, you know, it appealed. That's what that one of the reasons appealed to me to to be a part of this project. Yeah, that's fantastic. If you don't mind, I have a a little little snippet of the course description here. I'd love to read to the listeners. Um, that, uh, let's see, historically profit has been a huge key driver of human behavior. In this class, students will learn to take advantage of the profit-seeking motive of capitalism while also learning from mistakes and unintended consequences capitalism has caused throughout history. Students will apply these learnings towards profit-seeking solutions from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which are global challenges that call us to work together with boldness and urgency. Um, it just sounds like such a great class um, and um, one I wish I could take myself. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, anything that students should know about the course in particular, um, um, a type of student that you're looking for to be in the class? Um, I mean, I think all students, particularly the first years I work with, are, are very much wanting to work together with boldness and urgency for sure. Well, I think um, part of the idea for this class was that we were, all of the, the different teachers were talking about, we were tired of having some of the brightest students in the U.S. who are here with us at WashU pitching us parking apps um, <laughs> as, as their business idea. Yeah. Because we realized there were some big, wicked problems, um, lots of students caring a lot about climate change, about racial inequity, about education, about um, <laughs> even now, like electoral worries or whatever, the fate of democracy. There's these huge problems. We've got this bright new generation and we want them to be doing more than thinking about, you know, how do I do a minimum viable product on a, on a new, you know, pizza delivery app sure. or something. <laughs> and so we're working on, we're working together with like global priorities, like the sustainable development goals, identifying ways that 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 small teams can actually make a difference and what are the tools that you need for that because rather than just being frustrated and kind of looking at the news and feeling frustrated or 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 being an activist and expecting other people to act you know how do we help people have the tools to actually go in and get it and especially entrepreneurial people how to discover yourself as an entrepreneur and with an entrepreneurial mindset and way of approaching problems and and not just use it on some small make some money for yourself problem but use it to like confront some of the world's biggest problems indeed yes uh anything to add to that joe well um, no i heather did such a great job uh, kind of <laughs> describing where our collective head was at um but it, it is i do think 
what really is in the course description, but also across the faculty that are that are represented, is this sort of I would say tension, perhaps even within ourselves as individuals, but certainly um, in a in a small collective that that we wrestle with. We wrestle with the profit motive. We we wrestle with the um, the unintended consequences or what we don't even know could happen, you know, uh, the teleologic, as we call it, the, the, the looking out effects that are unknowable. Um, and, and so how do we uh, wrestle with trying to solve these problems using the tools that are available to us, both politically and economically, and, uh, and figuring out the best course of action and leverage those, those tools appropriately and where can they be misused. And I think that uh, across the faculty that are represented in the, in the class, we all come to this class with a different perspective and a different lens. And uh, we're all friends and, and we, we all get along really, really well, but we, we're going to take different angles and, um, and hopefully give students, a, you know, multiple ways to look at problems in addition to their own ways. And so I think that's really what's um, exciting about this. And, and personally, I'm, I'll be honest, I'll be learning right there with them. I got three of the smartest and coolest people that I'm, that I'm teaching with. And so I'm just going to sit there and take notes along with the students. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I find students often give me the energy I need to, to move forward. You know, I, it's a, it's an exchange, you know, I, I do what I can to get them excited about something and then they just turn right around and get me excited um, about, uh, about the topic as well. So yes, quite often, I think we're in a partnership um, more than any kind of sort of hierarchy with students, which is wonderful when that happens. Um, a couple, I have to sort of, a little quick aside for me, I, I noticed in your syllabus, some of your um, excerpts from books, a couple of my favorite ones, How We Got to Now and Where Good Ideas Come From by Stephen Johnson are uh, two of my favorite books that I've often used in my own courses to get uh, students excited about where we can come up with more ideas and how ideas, there's an adjacent possible to ideas that's really kind of exciting. Um, I want to move on to a little bit of your uh, the research you do. I, f I find in researching both of you some really interesting stuff. Um, uh, Dr. Cameron, you've done work uh, in sort of sports for community development, including um, uh, having a ba basically a box girls and camp group were both winners of the global Google impact uh, uh, challenge for educational tool mm -hmm. for refugee children. Uh, mm -hmm. If you could talk a little bit about that, uh, that um, uh, aspect of your resume, I think students would really find that interesting. Sure. Um, well, I started actually working as a sports coach myself, um, as someone who enjoyed doing sports as a young person and realizing it was important for my own kind of, you know, gender identity and leadership. And then when I came to Germany, I wanted to contribute to the community, even though I was like um, not a citizen and all these other things. And so one of the ways I thought is, well, why don't I start a sports club? So um, that's how we started with Box Girls. And as we grew our different partners, we were partnering with, with different schools. And when we had so many people come to Germany in 2015, 
um, with the Syrian war and all of the so-called refugee crisis, but so many people fleeing over the Mediterranean to Europe, um, German schools were often um, really challenged trying to integrate a bunch of children, some of whom hadn't been in school before in the form of like Afghan refugees and so on, and others who just definitely couldn't speak German or understand, you know, what it was like to be a German um, elementary school student. And so we had been working with these schools before on kind of anti-racism activities and integration. And so we decided to develop an, an app, um, basically a mobile website to help teachers be able to draw on um, tools and materials uh, that were like crowdsourced from other teachers as well as developed by us. And so we won the Google Impact Prize for that in terms of being a very innovative, innovative way to solve a pressing problem for, for teachers. And so we're, we're proud of the work. We also were able to do some work around environmental justice um, and refugees and like helping people coming from other countries um, understand some of the environmental um, safeguards and, and protections um, that we have here in Germany. I think also maybe interest to some of the St. Louis um, students is we've got a local project around um, racial justice and, 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 and basically like pro-black um, business practices. There's a great um, organization in St. Louis called We Power St. Louis, um, which has uh, an incubator or a, a sort of an entrepreneurship hub called Elevate Elevar. And I am happy to have got some funding over the summer from the Kaufman Foundation to work on exploring different ways of getting money um, and other forms of capital into the hands of, of Black and Latinx entrepreneurs. So that's another thing I really care about is like, how do we um, expand uh, economic opportunity. So to begin with, I was working with girls and sports organizations, becoming more autonomous and free and able to be leaders in their community. And then now working in the United States, I'm very interested and curious and want to work with students on, on issues around racial equity and asset building and, and community building and community autonomy um, through, through, through entrepreneurship. So those are the two kind of main, main project areas, sports for development and economic development, and then more recently, looking at um, race, you know, systematic um, racial issues around entrepreneurship and access to capital. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think our students would really, really, uh, I know a lot of the Beyond Boundaries students have written essays about these very topics. So I'm excited about them getting to know you. Uh, and uh, Joe Steensma, uh, could you talk a little bit about, um, I know that you've done uh, quite a bit of work in sort of translating science into marketable solutions for real public health problems. Um, you were involved at, at uh, I believe, Fort Wayne, Indiana. You were involved in implementing one of the earliest and most comprehensive public smoking bans in the country. Um, if you could talk a little bit about that work and maybe a little bit about birds. Actually, you, I watched your TED Talk on, on birds and biology and business. <laughs> um, so maybe you touch on that as well. Yeah, well, let's take them sort of in reverse order. I mean, sure. I've, always, I've always had a... I'm a, I majored in biology and chemistry, um, and I've always had a passion for understanding biological systems. And so um, what I, I see the world kind of through these systems. And uh, when I was a kid, I would go out in the woods and I would just try to record and, and take note of what was happening in the world around me. 
And that informed, you know, move forward so many years that that really fundamentally informed my understanding of business or how business could operate. And so uh, it's this really symbiotic relationship. The more that I understand biological systems or natural systems, the more I understand how um, the inefficiencies of uh, business systems and how business systems can be improved. So I just try to, that's, that was the Ted talk and talks a little bit about my relationship with, um, with birds and how that helped me actually, I think do pretty well. If I've done well in business, I think I've done pretty well because I understand how biology works and I've modeled um, the operations, my business operations around more precise uh, biological systems. So uh, I, I, that's kind of how I have operated my business. Um, yeah, I've had a really interesting career in public health. I under, after undergrad, um, uh, I went to work for the department of energy as a nuclear scientist. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, through that just got more and more interested in, uh, environmental health, uh, I, at the same time, then was serving in the United States Army Reserve as a public health officer in environmental health. Um, so it kind of I had this this confluence of experiences that all pointed me in this direction uh, of public health, and and ultimately became the president of a board of health, um, and that's where we did the smoking ban. So, um, but. In that process, I really had to understand the economics of of those sorts of decisions, and who was going to be affected, and how those regulations were going to impact people. And yes, those might be a net positive, but there are also downside, as Heather mentioned earlier, unintended consequences of policy. And um, and so, it kind of through all of these experiences kind of helped me understand the interactions of these systems, political systems, natural systems, economic systems. Um, the, they're not decoupled. They're actually integrated and inextricably integrated. So, uh, so it's kind of all those things together are what I study and research now. So I do a lot of work in West Africa where um, I'm learning with and from people there that are that are approaching business differently, and we're 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 trying to do cool stuff together there. I do a lot of work in Australia. I do a lot of work in Haiti and in Costa Rica, all kind of looking at um, you know sustainability and more sustainable enterprise. Uh, and and while I quote unquote research do research there, the truth is. Um, like Heather, most of my, most of my work is, is very applied. And so I'm trying to, to bring what knowledge, skills, and abilities I possess to community projects, um, in a way that they, uh, they think I could be useful. And, um, so that's the, that's kind of the nutshell, uh, version of what I do. And it, uh, it's just an amazing adventure. I love every second of it. I can't, I can't imagine um, a more full uh, life, I guess, yeah. or a more full professional career. 
Yeah. What's so interesting is there's so much in both, uh, for both of you, the work that you do, there's so much divergent thinking. There's so much application of, of uh, rules and regulations and, and lessons in one discipline carried over to others. I find that really intriguing and interesting. Well, this is also what we're trying to teach, right, Rob? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that it's, it's, a, it's a toolkit about problem solving. So whatever yeah. you care about. So, you know, I care a lot about girls' education. I use the tools for that. I care a lot about racial equity. I use the tools for that. Yep. Um, I care a lot about being a good consultant and helping other people solve problems. I use the tool for that. So that's a lot about what this course is about is um, that's what also like Doug loves to talk about is like, how do you actually understand the problem? How do you get close to people who can help you understand how to, what a good fit would be? How do you test if you know what you're doing um, and that it's working? And so that's what this class is about. It's not about a specific uh, sustainable development goal. It's not really a whole take apart of capitalism and you know review of Marx's Capital. It's really a, a chance for people to learn a skill set that will help them regardless of where they want to go, but it'll definitely help them approach big problems that they want to contribute towards a solution to. Indeed, indeed. Um, just so excited for this class and for the students in it. Um, I would love to segue a little bit to um, kind of what you each do for fun. I know uh, a lot of us during COVID are, are uh, I guess, trying to practice uh, self-care and um, uh, would love to kind of get a sense from each of you about what you do to kind of maintain some level of, of sanity during this. I think, uh, Dr. Cameron, you, uh, I see here you have a, a license from the German Sailing Association. Do you do sailing <laughs> in your free time? I actually just got a boat for about $500 off eBay. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little sailboat, a 420 for those of you, for a four meter 20 boat or like, a, I don't know, 13 footer. Okay. Um, so I'm fixing that and sailing it around in some of the beautiful lakes around Berlin. Um, and then the other thing is just, it's really important, I think, for all of us to be outdoors and be active. So I'm, I'm helping some friends with a garden plot and just literally um, hacking wood and piling it up and, uh, you know, having fires and enjoying being in nature and on the water and uh, just trying to get as much sunlight and uh, on my face and air in my lungs as I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is it a, a bit of a community gardening plot or is it a little bit different over there? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, another sport club owns it. Um, oh, understood. It kind of has been, hasn't had a lot of active members for a while. And so mm-hmm. I was able to, to join up this summer. And so I'm working on kind of getting it ready for, for next spring. And at the same time, having the opportunity to, again, just be away from the screen and have yeah. very clear deliverables, not just, you know, typing all day or talking with people that I, I like to do, but yeah. have a break from that by literally doing things with my hands and just being in nature and seeing little animals run around and you know, yeah. learning about power tools, just just having fun doing something really different than my sort of computer intellectual yeah. life. Yeah, I share with you a love of the water. I went kayaking just last Monday, actually, and uh, I thought, oh my gosh, there's nothing on my calendar. I'm getting out of here. And so I went over to a, a lake over on the Illinois side of the river and um, like had Carlo? a lovely uh, Highland Silver Lake uh, oh, okay. over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about a 45 minute drive and it was just a perfect day weather wise. And I you know, like to sneak up on turtles and things like that. It's not any kind of hardcore kayaking, but it's a, a good way to, to leave your phone in the car and just forget about those kinds of, of stresses. 
But um, well, that's how I met Joe. Is when I was brand new to St. Louis <laughs> and didn't didn't have any friends. Um, that he and his son invited me out um, out to the Missouri River and to the uh-huh. Birdlands there, and we had a wonderful day just enjoying nature and looking at the water. So that's oh, nice. how we actually um, get to know each other. <laughs> well, that's a built-in segue to you, Joe. Uh, what do you what do you do for fun? Unsurprisingly, I sit in the woods. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I am a, I am a nature kid. I mean, they say you can take the boy out of the woods, but you can't take the woods out of the boy, I guess. Uh, the truth is, is that they never were able to take me out of the woods. I'm just there all the time. I'm in the forest, a forest or a woodlot every, I would say almost every day. I mean, there's very few days that I'm not, I don't spend time in the forest. Um, and, uh, I fish a lot. Uh, and those are my two biggies. I I'm out in the forest and most of the time I'm, I'm quote unquote bird watching, but, uh, like you, Rob, I'm checking out turtles and frogs and I'm I'm saying, boy, what's that? That smells horrible. What's that? You know? So, (laughs) so these are the things that I do. And, and I, you know, um, I, I just, I spend as much time as possible with the people that I love and I, mm-hmm. and I don't apologize for it a single bit. So right. that's wise advice. Wise advice. That's so great. I didn't get a chance to ask you where you both grew up. Um, uh, so let's start with you, Joe, actually, uh, uh, when you were a boy uh, spending time in the woods, where, where were you? Well, yeah, I was in Northern Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, Northeast and I, and I actually am from a town, uh, Fort Wayne, which is not, which a lot of people may not know where it is, but it's the second largest city in Indiana. And it's a pretty big city. It's like uh, 300,000 people or so. And so, um, so I was, uh, I was actually a city kid and I think not having as much access to those things, uh, as I wanted really intensified the draw. So we did have a river that ran through my town and I would just go sit on the riverbank. It was a migration flyway and I would sit on the riverbank and just wait for birds to come by, literally sit. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was my, that was my jam growing up in Fort Wayne, but then we moved to a, a very rural community um, when I was 11 and I, it was a totally total switch. I mean, it was night and day, very, very rural. And, uh, and that, that's that's where I found the woods, and I and I never left. Nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Dr. Cameron? Where where did you grow up? Well, I was born in London, England, when my dad, who was a lumber executive, was sort of in London for two years with my mom, and then my brother was born in New York, uh, and, then, and then we were in Vancouver to grow up. Wow. I was there, kind of in Vancouver on the Pacific Ocean, from age four to seventeen. Then I went to University of Toronto and then came to Berlin at 26. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm a Canadian. Yeah. By age four, you were quite well traveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's, I mean, they've got Canadian passports. I have a British passport. And my brother has an American passport. So, oh, fantastic. Um, much like a lot of our international students, we've been bouncing around a lot and having the opportunity to, to you know, study and do things in, in different places. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Um, well, I, we like to ask this question of all of our, our uh, guests on the program. Um, uh, what If you could go back in time, and most of our listeners, I would say, I like to joke all four of them, um, are uh, first-year <laughs> students or perhaps prospective students looking at WashU, looking at Beyond Boundaries and you know, thinking about their future. Um, and um, you know, it's an uncertain time, uh, even you know, exclusive of, of COVID. It's a very uncertain time for a student to be embarking on a college um, career. And so uh, what advice, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your first year self? I believe um, Dr. Cameron, you were at the University of Toronto. Uh, if you could go back in time, yes. uh, what, would you, <laughs> what advice would you give your first year self? What would you whisper in your ear? I mean, I had a great experience at the University of Toronto. Um, I guess mainly it's just to like enjoy the university's community which might feel different now that we're with Zoom and so on, um, sure. but still to to reach out and to try and get something and, and to have some of the exciting kind of innovations and inventions and the interesting labs, have an opportunity to, to access these things as, as, as much as you can and not get too much just on one track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing would be is to, you know, keep an eye out for like different types of friends. Um, I think it's a great time. A lot of people create a lot of very meaningful friendships and marriages and partnerships and business partnerships out of their time at university. So it shouldn't be all about the books. It should definitely also be about learning and talking and getting to know many different types of people. And then I guess maybe practically is if you have the opportunity to study at a university and especially one as good as, as U of T or Wash U, um, is to also not just think about sort of the theoretical part of your studies, but to really think about kind of making a portfolio of work. I think as we get out into the world, either as entrepreneurs or people looking for a job, it's really about what you can do as compared to kind of what you know. Um, so, or a mixture of both. So to be thinking as you're doing different school projects or when you're thinking about your practicums or where you choose to volunteer or student groups, to think about, you know, how can I have this experience and then also share this experience in a way with people who I'd want to partner with or invest in me um, and sort of have little portfolio pieces. So yeah. I think that if you think about your studies kind of as different projects that show the different skills and talents and interests that you have, um, then it's easier to translate the value of what you're doing now to things you want to be doing in the future. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I just a quick plug for your class once again that, uh, you know, many students come to me uh, as juniors and seniors at WashU and they're like, you know, the only class that I had where I got to talk to students in other divisions was, was your Beyond Boundaries class, you know, so uh, your course is no different. It will be populated by students, all first year students from all over the university, which is a really great opportunity to make those connections um, um, for yourself. So thank you. This is really wise advice. Um, Professor Steensma, I think you went to the University of St. Francis uh, and uh, studied biology and chemistry, as you said. Um, If uh, you could whisper in your own ear, your own first-year self ear, what would you say? I would say good choice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Ma, you're looking handsome. (laughs) Yeah, you were a strapping young man. What happened? No, um, uh, what, what I would say is, um, number two, like Heather, a couple of things. Number one is, hey, uh, this is your lens. This is your lens to see the world. 
You know, um, it's not what you study is not a life sentence and it's not a vocation. You know, if you want a vocational school, there are lots of places to get a vocational education, which is fantastic. And we need more of it. But if you're at a liberal arts institution, the reason one of the reasons you should go there, Joe, is so that you can have the best lenses to the world as possible. And um, the purpose of education, I would t- remind myself, which I think I, I understood then, and I hope I, hope I, I did anyway, is the purpose of education is to, to become as full and as complete of a version of yourself as possible. It, it, jobs will come and go, and the skills that you acquire um, that are necessary for a job today are not the same skills you'll need for that same job 10 years from now. Sure. So let's, you know, focus on, on growing your universe in your mind, focus on that and use your knowledge that you acquire and the skills you acquire to, um, to see the world and, and apply those. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm so pleased. So, so pleased. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I'm a Presbyterian minister's kid from rural Indiana. I mean, I never <laughs> took a business class. I never, I never thought I would do anything like this. And, and, you know, I was an officer in the army and I was a, I'm, I'm, I'm a business guy and I'm all these things who studied biology. So it's not a life sentence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I think I, my students are probably, Tired of hearing me say it, but I, I'm going to say it again. You mentioned just 10 years from now. I believe uh, I ran across that 85% of jobs just 10 years from now have not been invented yet, which is mind-blowing. And um, and all the more sort of reason, I think, like you said, is to become the best well-rounded global citizen you can be um, and um, and focus on that. There's really great advice from from both of you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, well, that's a wrap, as they say. Uh, it's so great to have you both, uh, again, from all parts of the world joining me from as close as St. Louis and as far away as Berlin, Germany, um, to, have you, uh, to have you join me for the podcast and, and get students excited about your course. Again, that course is The End Game of Entrepreneurship, Leveraging Capitalism for Good, uh, taught by four faculty, four amazing faculty at WashU. Um, uh, so I hope students sign up for that for this spring. Um, so yeah, good to chat with you both. I, again, thanks so much for your time on the podcast. Our pleasure. Hope to see many of you in the class. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thanks again.